0: Since this is a crypto day, I really want to talk about roundtable trading and the different forms of roundtable trading and how you can take um, an asset to gain profit through these different forms. And because this is the uh, season two or the third technical season of TCL, uh, I'm going to change up how we do the episode. so the backlog is just going to be about what what is round table trading that's the big question you're probably thinking of right now you're thinking is there an actual table is it actually a okay, get round table um, is a representation of what you know what we're doing so when you have a round table discussion or you, you have a group of people uh, normally from different areas or different settings uh, um, speaking on behalf of their area or setting so In the past, like in the um, medieval ages, uh, closer to colonial times, uh, round table discussions was when a king needed to talk to all of his lords, all of his uh, dukes and hires. And so they would all come into a single uh, room or setting with the king and they would each represent their area. Because, I mean, a king uh, might have multiple lands that he is ranging over has regained over and so he has a lord for different areas or different sections or different towns or different farms and then you know he might have hires which are people that directly work for him rather they were actually working at the board area with the lord or a duke Uh, duke is only family and so um, a round table trading is when we take um maybe exchanges from different areas or currencies from different areas and we use them in unison to perform profit, to gain profit. And so that's actually where the term round table trading uh, comes from. This is actually a term I started using probably um, in 2016 when I first started doing round table trading, which is when I take one asset and I trade it for another asset just to eventually get back to the first asset and profit and uh, this is just something that people are starting to come across as uh, really usable and really doable and um, I do it in a few different fashions because it's not just strictly trading that allows you to do this and it's not just strictly crypto that allows you to do this and so I'm going to go over a few different situations and scenarios in the next sets Okay, so now you know what roundtable trading really is and the, the terminology is just generic terminology from a long time ago that, you know, you have roundtable discussions on Bitcoin and stuff like that. So uh, one of the, the most profitable ways I've been roundtable trading is through types of stake trading and there's two forms of roundtable stake trading. So the first one is when you get a, a, a cryptocurrency that you can directly stake and receive that same cryptocurrency back. Um, Adam, uh, I think Com- uh, Komodo is another one. I- I'm not going to go through them all, but you can find. It. I do a lot of my staking on Atomic Wallet. Um, if you have Masternode or if you have Pocket Node, uh, you can then you know make Masternode and get staking on there, and you actually receive that exact uh, cryptocurrency that you're staking, you know, to perform transactions and stuff. So. Those are your most profitable forms of roundtable stake trading because you're directly getting that crypto for staking in that crypto, and then as you get more of that crypto, you just stake more of it, and then it, it just kind of snowball effect, and so you have points where the amount you're receiving from your stake is high enough that you're you're willing to trade part of it off for another cryptocurrency or, or your fiat of choice. If you go into that route, me I go to Bitcoin, uh, BTC. And so there's um, one other form of this stake trading, roundtable trading, that I use Tron for. So I take Tron, I go on my Tolic wallet, and I stake it, and I get Wink and BNB coin in return. So then I take my Wink and I send it over to Telegram, and I go through a process of going through different uh, peer-to-peer exchanging on there to get uh, either Tron directly, and sometimes I get... Um, Tron 20 tokens instead because it's a little bit easier to get those Tron 20 tokens out of it. Um, and then because uh, they're the same, we just go based off the U.S. dollar value worth. So we're not losing any money. We're just really, they got this one token. And I got what they want. I don't really care what they have at this point. So I just go ahead and accept it. And then I go through forms of from one Telegram trading area to seeded Telegram. And then on Seedit Telegram, I can actually uh, transfer my Tron 20 tokens directly to my Atomic wallet, which then turns it into Tron without me actually exchanging it. It's all done on the back end on the Seedit s- system. And so now that I have this Tron 20, um, um, this Tron from Tron 20, and it's the same equivalent value worth, so you obviously got to have quite a bit of Tron 20 to get this going, um, or just Tron directly. And then I stake it. Get more of those two coins. Now, the BNB coin, um, on a lot of exchanges, they have a, has a lower threshold to be able to actually trade it. So, you don't need as many of the coins to trade as you do Wink in a lot of cases. So, with that one, I tend to uh, trade it directly for for Tron. Directly. Or, I'm trading it directly for Etherum. And, I, I say that because, okay, if Tron is down today, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trade it for Tron. I can stake my Tron. If Ethereum is down today, then I trade it in for Ethereum. Or if Ethereum is lower than the Tron on increase of pump, I go to go to Ethereum. And so that way, I'm trying to get the most value, uh, the most number of coins out of my value. And to me, that's really taking on the uh, the the way I'm I'm receiving it because it's not a. Dollar cost average, it's a value cost average, so you're able to manipulate the system a little bit more to gain per coin more in the end. And then I put that those uh, Etherums on my Atomic wallet, and yeah, I, I just basically wait for Tron to go down... Or for ETHM to go up even higher, then I, I switch it back over to TRON there pretty easily. And then I stake that TRON, and then I get more of these coins, and I, I keep doing this process. And that's why it's called a round table trading, because I mean, once you start going and doing these, you, you don't really want to stop. You know, I mean, eventually you'll get to a point where the amount of Ethereum you're getting um, is in the 10s, 20s, 100s of dollars. And the amount of Wink you're getting is in the 10s, 20s, and 100s of dollars worth of that currency. So then it really becomes... Um, from just increasing your bag and increasing your stake to get more vote, because I can stake my vote as well uh, on Tron, then I, you know, obviously I'm able to get more and more into the end process. And I didn't really explain that, but with a uh, Atomic Wallet, uh, with Tron, you have uh, voting power for your Tron amount, for however much Tron you have. And I state my voting power on Atomic Wallet as well because I can and I receive more of the Wink and b b in the end. And because um, this method you're you're really waiting on for the the Wink and B&B airdrops from the staking, um, it, you kind of have a time frame in between where you're just not doing anything. And so that lays you room for more forms of roundtable trading. So I'm going to go over um, a different type of roundtable trading because it's it's not always about the staking. Sometimes it's about the utilization of the asset with the what you have around you. And so with Ethereum, there's a lot more possibility of roundtable trading in a whole bunch of different ways. Like I was just listening today about how um, some people are actually doing flash loan roundtable trading. And what that means is they're getting a flash loan on ethereum which means you have to pay back your loan in the same transaction as you receive the loan, and that t- that means you got to have a little bit of usability. You got to have um, some JavaScript coding abilities, actually to be able to do this, and you're gonna you're gonna get your flash loan, and in the same transaction you're gonna connect that to. Secondary markets, or uh, some people call them arbitrage markets or exchanges if you're in America. Um, And you're going to use the JavaScript API structure to connect them and to be able to, okay, I'm going to get my DAI and then I'm going to turn that into USDC because DAI is over a dollar and I'm going to get it on a second market so I get the. A same equivalent of USDC as what die is over there because I'm getting die for like a one dollar value And then I'm trading it at a one point a one dollar and two cent value getting that worth in USDC one dollar point and one dollar and two cent per die and then I move that USDC into a vault I lock it and then I'm able to pull the die out of that vault and, and and trade it and then send it back to pay off my flash loan all in one transaction and and because we're, we're doing this um all-in-one transaction it's really speedy and uh someone online said they they were actually able to receive about six percent per time they did this using about 50,000 die to start so keep that in mind um they had die, and then they were getting a flash loan for less than the full $50,000 so to just make up the difference of the 50000 of what they already had and so as you keep doing this over and over and over and over eventually your Bolt will have $50,000 die in it and then you, the whole point of the flash loan at that point is just to be able to get the die at a no cost average and then you perform your trades and market tra- exchanging your vault locking and you just have tons of vaults that eventually have you know up to fifty, you know, I I say up to fifty thousand diam. And that's kind of the goal there is to get a vault pretty pretty high, and then you're able to do things with it over time. And uh, that's unbelievably profitable right now. Totally recommend it. So there's still another uh, well, probably multiple different ways to do Ethereum um, table trading through asset uh, utilization. So one of the ways I do it is I get ERC, t- uh, all different kinds of ERCs that are not just straight Ethereum. And I'm able to like go and get peer-to-peer people who want those ERC-20 and a lot of times they're they're using them for stuff like i have a lot of KKGT, which is an erc20 and that stands for crazy cool game token and i use it to literally play video games on my cell phone and i'm playing video games in order to support the person who made the game and plus the games are easy fun and arcade style games um really really nice and to be honest uh i do know the person who makes these games and it's Probably one of the main reasons why I started getting into playing them. But I even have artwork in these games and stuff. And so, I mean, for me, it's all about nostalgic feel and and having the ability to to send over a little bit of uh, KKGT to to go ahead and play this, this game and spend some time. But that also, because I have to spend KKGT to play, it forces me to not want to do it all day long. You know, so I'm a little bit more responsible in my game playing. I'm not playing all day. I'm not wasting too much time in the same manner. And the games are really fun. And so uh, there are tons of ERC-20s that people want. And I look for those. And uh, just basically I will use these ERC-20s that I receive to get people to trade with me. ether, Straight up. Um, i also, like, die and a couple other ones. I'm not going to go into all the ones I actually do accept. Um, but the, I then use those, uh, the, the tokens that I'm receiving from these peer-to-peer trades to directly make NFTs. And so now I'm minting NFTs and I'm selling these NFTs. And so now it's, again, another time value aspect here. I'm also going to be using my creativity, my artistic skills, and, uh, I'm really able to do a little bit more. And I've even developed new forms of NFTs. Uh, not not saying there's a new contract or anything, but what the NFT is actually doing. A lot of NFTs you go out and buy, they're just, because they're non-fungible tokens, they're just artwork. Well, almost all of it's just a, a piece of artwork for your phone that you can now put on your, your website thanks to a um, place like OpenSea. They have NFT viewer technology code. It's JavaScript and allows you to... Um, or html and allows you to display your nfts or even sell them on your site easier so um there's a lot of people out there they have these nfts that just basically represent um the image you know there are people like bad crypto podcasts where those guys they have um proof of listenership proof of um going to events and stuff and so they make nfts for stuff and they're they're limited cases it's like okay um what I mean by limited case is like okay uh, they have a podcast and they're offering NFT for that podcast because there's a special guest or someone on there and you know there's only a limited window time window to be able to receive your NFT for that or anyone to ever receive that NFT and so then you can say hey yeah I I was actually I I saw that or I did that within the appropriate time so you can kind of prove um, you listened to the podcast so you can prove this you can prove that and events, uh, proof of showing to events and stuff. That's another thing they do with uh, Bad to Podcasts. Say so ha- they host an event, like they're getting ready for uh, block- virtual blockchain week. They got some NFTs. So if you register for free or get your VIP, you- you're going to get some NFTs from them for that. Um, VIPs get more NFTs than the free registers. I actually have a registered and I'm free registered on there. So I'm, I'm going to receive an NFT for it which is pretty cool right and so um people they, they get this ticket and they're able to say look i actually uh registered i participated or i did this or i did that because i got this nt to prove it and then you can sell the nft later on down the road if you want on most cases um i'll also have nfts that i've won in contests that i can sell later on if i ever wanted to um and so the the that's the generic version of an nft it's it's an image it's a proof of little things Um, i I could prove i won that giveaway because i had the nft to prove it Um, just wine of wine or something like that and i developed uh, distribution nfts where i'm actually i actually build serverless stored web pages and web applications and so i'm actually able to take these uh, digital uh, serverless stored you know, sites and apps, and I'm able to put them inside of an NFT because there's um, some some places they recognize the lock and unlock section of NFT, which basically means you can lock and code. So when someone purchases it or you transfer it, that the other person can then unlock You know, they don't have the They when they purchase it or get it from the transfer, it unlocks and they're able to open it and view what's inside of there. So then I put in the the actual link, which a lot of times. Um, the, the links, these, ha- these hash links of these serverless stored websites, web apps are super long. I can't traditionally transfer them. I can't traditionally send them. Like some of the emails won't let me send it because of how long they are. You know, they can be anywhere from a few thousand characters to uh, I think the longest one I have is a couple of hundred thousand characters long. And, but these NFTs, they can actually lock up all of the data. And then you have this uh, immutable way of transferring these immutable um, web objects, uh, web web apps, websites, whatever I'm actually building. And so these are NFTs I've actually developed and and started the NFT distros to to kind of push the ideal of more immutable technologies across other immutable technologies. And again, this just allows me to then sell these NFTs and get my Ethereum back. And then a lot of times I take that Ethereum and I sit it on Atomic Wallet until Tron goes down. I purchase my Tron, stake my Tron, and go back to where I started. So there is yet uh, another form of roundtable trading. And this goes from digital to physical. And not always. There are ways to do this strictly digital. But for the most part, most people are going to do this from digital to physical to physical to digital. So um, one of the things I I was constantly being asked in 2017, 2018, 2019 is how do you take the value from your Bitcoin if you can't get US dollar or if you can't get fiat? If you don't have a bank, you don't have this, you don't have that. Well, I physically buy things with Bitcoin. I, I make purchases with Bitcoin. And from from gift cards to actual items from actual people who want Bitcoin and they're selling me something. And so I go look for stuff that um, I'm like, okay, I think I could sell that, you know. And it's probably going to be worth more, not right now, but soon. Or if I can get a collection, a full collection of something, and then I can sell that collection for a lot more than what each individual one is worth. And so I go look for these items. Um, a lot of times just searching and, and doing market searching and or talking to people. And I guess one of the biggest ones I, I like to do is electronics. I like to, I know electronics really well so I'm able to understand what I'm buying and how to sell it and what its value actually is. And I know when I'm buying something that's under value, like the person is selling it for less than it really is worth. And so, um, and, and something I've done before is I've actually even bought entire websites where I basically purchased the server or the computer that person was using to host their site, and in respect that they would not remove anything off of the the SD card or the memory storage, and I would receive all of the the website's data. Like I one time, bought um, a website off of somebody, I bought everything but the link, and that means I bought their user base, I bought their actual little Raspberry Pi, and I I. I I purchased it, received everything, including the crypto that was stored on there that they were using for their website. And then I was able to then sell off the digital assets that were on there. Not just the crypto, but they had images, they had pictures, they had videos, they had all this other stuff on there. And the reason why I was actually able to buy that website this way was the the person um, didn't feel like they were earning as much money as they wanted to and so to them it was a little you know because bitcoin was up really high um, they thought well if i could buy some bitcoin right now it's just gonna keep going up and then they're gonna you know they thought they were gonna succeed in that manner and so i i had bitcoin and i got my bitcoin literally for free before bitcoin is worth pretty much anything and so for me this was a no-brainer i was buying it under value, their entire website um, everything but the link. And um, I was able to sell off the pie and actually make all of my money back. (laughs) And the way I did that was I waited for Bitcoin to dip super hard. And when Bitcoin was at its lowest, I sold that pie for the amount that I purchased the entire website for. And that's because, well, Bitcoin was lower. So I was actually, I received more Satoshi per dollar, you know, dollar cost average. I received more per dollar. So in the end, I didn't lose any Bitcoin over that purchase. And then I had all of his um, data that was on there, it was all stored to an SD card. And I was able to then gain the few assets he had on there, which he didn't actually have Bitcoin on there. He had other um, alt tokens and stuff like that so I was able to gain those. And a lot of those I traded off um, as crypto started going back up during the 2018 run. Which I know wasn't very hard or very large or very strong. But by the time Bitcoin got back up to $10,000, I no longer had any more of those altcoins. And so all of the trading that I did with those altcoins, 100% profit. 100% profit. All in Bitcoin. And, and then... uh Yeah, so that was how I utilized that, and then because I had the website uh, back in data, I was actually able to learn from it and gain some actual experience, and one way I gained traffic was I had him him before he sent me the the pie. Uh, First off, I did a video. We did a video chat of him boxing up the pie with everything and first proving it was all there, and then turning everything off, disconnecting everything, put it in a box, and literally going and, and shipping it. I think he had a little US, like USPS box he went to and was able to ship it off there. So I didn't have to worry about him screwing me over in this entire process. But on his website, um, he had a forward all of his traffic to one of my websites. And so I was actually able to gain all of his traffic, all of it, 100% of his traffic started coming to my website. And I'm sure some of his users were a little upset that his site was no longer there, but he he had been talking on publicly online that he was looking at tra- selling it, so it wasn't something his users didn't already know. If they weren't paying, if you know they were following him and stuff, they already knew. And um, it took I think approximately like a total of a year and a half to sell off the data, the assets, the, the pie, and everything. But totally worth it in my point of view because um i i sold i i gave him bitcoin for everything and received physical assets and digital assets that i was able to sell the physical asset when bitcoin dipped and receive all of my bitcoin back and then throughout the process of after the dip it going back up i was able to sell off these altcoins for more bitcoin and then like me personally i stake bitcoin for interest across different platforms and different websites um because they, they you know there's a lot of uh places where you can stake bitcoin because they do gambling and they need uh bitcoin for a higher payout so if someone wins on their gamble and they need to be paid out you know say three bitcoin today um that that website has to have three physical bitcoin in order well not physical but three actual bitcoin to to be able to give that person in a single transaction and so people like me we invest into these where okay I will I will I will basically let you be the caretaker of this Bitcoin that I have or these bitcoins that I have um, in return though anytime that I want to withdraw my Bitcoin I can and every day every 24hour period um, I receive a, a percentage of Bitcoin into my account so then I can withdraw that again at, at any time I need to. And that is a very traditional way of doing things. And um, I try to go to sites that are, it's a word to say this the site is profitable, not people playing. Um, and the only way I can find that out is I actually run tests on the sites and I, I check to see probability results and testings and things like that. Because anything the site actually puts on there, I can't believe. I can't trust it. I have to verify it. And so I perform actual tests. I actually spend a little bit of coin on their site. I actually learn about it. I figure out how it works. I see how many people are on there. How many users are on there. What's their daily traffic. I check their rates online. I check their stats, their scores, their all of their stuff. And then I perform testing on their... Um, Basically, I pen-test their entire system to make sure I don't see major points of vulnerability, and then I actually play the dang game and see, okay, what's the probability results? What's what's actually happening? And I, I try to invest in places where the probability of the user winning is like 0.28 or lower. So 0.28% or lower of the, the user actually winning anything. The lowest form of win. Um, and if the highest win is... Uh, half a Bitcoin or more, the probability rate of the user winning needs to be 0.001 or lower because that means that out of like a thousand times, the, the chance of you actually getting that is 1% after a thousand times. And so to, to to get that to 100% where you're guaranteed to win, you would have to do it, you know, uh, a million, a trillion times or a billion times And then by that time, you would have already put so much money into the system, you paid for your win. And yeah, knowing these kinds of things allowed me to really utilize my Bitcoin further. And so um, purchasing things with Bitcoin when Bitcoin's at at a high and then selling it for Bitcoin when Bitcoin's at a low is the probably the most unusual form of round table trading, but I've been doing that type of round table trading since uh, 2013, 2014, 2015, I think. I think I first did it in 2013 one time, a couple times in 2014, and then started getting heavy on doing it in 2015. And I have to admit, since about 2019, I've let up. I haven't done that at all this year in 2020 but uh, i'm going to when I find the right asset, when I find the right thing, when I find the right opportunity i'm going to take advantage of it, and a lot of it is just a matter of for me Bitcoin is to be over ten thousand before I start performing these actions um, and in the end of two thousand nineteen like quarter three quarter four of two thousand nineteen, um, we did have over ten thousand dollar Bitcoin multiple times, and I was using that to kind of spread how I was doing things you know I'm I'm then going out and taking this Bitcoin and I was using cash app at the time and I was buying and purchasing goods actual physical goods you know stuff from my family we were getting food we were getting sodas we were getting this we were getting that and I was using the the sell of that Bitcoin as a marketing tool so now I'm, there's marketing involved you can round table trade with marketing so wh- how does marketing how is that considered roundtable so I use a little bit of Bitcoin to gain something, to make a video, to push online, to push my website, that is strictly there for people to gain crypto. And since I have referral links on the faucets, when you go in there and you every day, four to six times a day to collect your free crypto, um, I receive you know, a very minute percentage of whatever you receive. Nothing to do, you're like you're not losing anything. It's all on the back end and it's because I referred you. I got you in there and referring is the number one way to receive money in anything. Rather, it's you know people refer you for uh, websites, um, stores, you know all sorts of places do referral programs, and it really is the number one number one way to acquire funds. And it's so much that I think uh, in 2017 it was a multi billion dollar industry for marketing, and I think it was like 80 percent of marketing was in referral programs. So that was where the payouts were at. And so for me, marketing has been a huge type of roundtable because I can spend minute amounts of something and then gain more over time. And uh, that really, to me, is a huge difference. I and mean, it might not be for you, but it is for me. Uh, for you, you'd probably be better off like buying um, when Bitcoin hits its height and you're, you're, the amount of Bitcoin you have is worth more, going and buying like uh, trading cards, uh, action figures, uh, toy collectibles. It was probably the most profitable for at least the past 10 years. Um, anything to do with childhood memories for adults. Mm-hmm. Because when adults start getting more money and they start having value back in their pocket, they kind of want to go back to the nostalgia feel. And so a lot of times they get these stuff they had, they don't have no more uh, and they have to pay a bit more to get it, especially if it's a mint condition or something like that. So um, using your Bitcoin, again, when it's Bitcoin's higher up, or you're, you've received basically profit from the value chain to Bitcoin, use that ability. If your Bitcoin value went up 10%, maybe use 5% of that profit um, to buy something. And then when Bitcoin is back down, and you know, down 10% from your dollar cost average... Uh, try to sell it for ten percent's worth of you know, you know if it was if you bought it and it was five percent worth of what you had on the value change, then you want to double the value, to double the cost of it, or you wait for Bitcoin to dip low enough so you can sell at the exact same price, and receive double the amount of Satoshi you paid for it. And so when you have this um, volatility in an asset like Bitcoin, you can really use that to your advantage to roundtable trading. Um, Satoshi per Satoshi. You'd probably think we're done. No, we still have yet another way to do round table trading. So, the, you heard me earlier talk about the whole DAI thing with on Ether Network. Okay, DAI is a stable coin um, and it's above its peg. There's a lot of stable coins above their peg right now. There's even stable coins below their peg. So, what is a peg on a stable coin? For well, what's a stable coin? A stable coin is a coin that's supposed to be pegged to a specific value of another currency like normally US dollar. And so if you have um, Tether, Tether is supposed to be pegged to one dollar, $1. one US dollar. One Tether should equal one US dollar. And the Tether mint, people that actually mint Tether, um, they sell Tether at one US dollar, period. And so there's a lot of times where you're able to take uh, stable roundtable round table trading where you're able to get a stable coin uh, at peg and then go to a market, a secondary market, or an exchange, or an arbitrage, and sell it above peg. There's also a lot of times where you can take, okay, you already have stablecoin. Remember that DAI thing? Remember building up those vaults? So say you have DAI that you can use or whatever, and you want something to do with it. It's above its peg. Well, you put it into a stablecoin that's below its peg. And then when that stablecoin comes back up, you put it you know, back in to another stable coin that's below its peg and you just keep building up and eventually making your way back to DAI. Once DAI gets back down to its peg or below its peg, you'll eventually put into it and you'll have a lot more DAI than you started with. And, you know, DAI, I use that as an example just because it's been like real big right now. And there's a lot of places where you can use DAI as Etherum, without having to exchange it. So that's really useful whenever you have a currency. Um, that can be used as another currency without exchanging, on some place. Like for example, I can make NFTs and I can sell it for Dao, or I can use Dao to do the the, the building the NFT, and it makes this huge option where okay, if I want to accept Dao because it's a, a below its peg, and I I get. ...tons of DAO, whatever, once it comes up at its peg or above, I've profited already. I just got to get to find a way to get rid of it. And then I can make another NFT using it and get Ethereum for it. So, again, remember what I said earlier, it, when you're using the volatility of a, of a currency like Bitcoin... ...or in this case, DAO you know, Ethereum, you can really take advantage of situations. If Ethereum is up, get, get DAO, get, it, get it, uh, an equivalent Ethereum token... That you can use as Ethereum on places, and then accept Ethereum for whatever you you know you're selling at for. So I, I go on and I get this dial or I get a stable coin under peg that's as Ethereum as dial. You know, it's it can be equivalent on some other places. Then I go to those other places and I use them as the Ethereum or the dial to make NFT, and then I sell the NFT for for well, guess what, Ethereum or I'm selling it for the, the, the stable coins below a peg or whatever I need to. You're always trying to go from take some buy something when it's low and sell it when it's high, and stable coins are not hundred percent stable and the way their ecosystem works is as stable coins go above their peg, people want to flood the market with it, and then that lowers the 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 value of it, put it back to peg. When a stable coin's below a peg, people want to get rid of it to reduce the number of, you know, they want to burn it and stuff to reduce the number of those coins to raise it back up to its peg. So, and this is kind of how they're supposed to work. And the more people we get uh, doing automated uh, arbitrary trading, uh, selling and, and trading of these pegged coins or stable coins, then they're going to be more stabilized over time. So right now because they're not, you can really take advantage of that situation and like do what you do everywhere else. Buy low, sell high. Um anytime you're really trying to do a round table trading, that's the ideal. Take something low, uh or buy something low, sell it high or or do something with something you're not using anyways okay so i have all this altcoin that i don't use i'm going to stake it to get a different altcoin that i don't use and then i'm going to trade that (laughs) altcoin that i don't you know that i'm not staking that i don't use for uh, to receive the staking altcoin and then restake it and then eventually you're going to get to a point where you're just going to start trading a portion of what you're receiving from your stake and you know everything comes back around taking bitcoin while i'm not using bitcoin because it's low well let me find a way to gain bitcoin now that it's low. And then as Bitcoin goes up and it's high, well, let me go ahead and use this Bitcoin. And I might use part of it to gain something uh, for marketing. I might use also at the same time part of it to, to gain something to sell later, or I might even use part of it to just get more coins. You know, like how you do this really is up to you, but there's tons of roundtable opportunities waiting for you. Take advantage. And just like that, this outro actually isn't sponsored by anybody so if you want to go ahead and become a sponsor of one of my outros um you can simply contact me here contact me on twitter i'm radioactive 3d contact me on rebuzz i'm at ddd and i will definitely be more than helpful to help you know allow your sponsorship and see what you want to do now i don't accept talking points um and what i mean by that is you can give me talking points doesn't mean i'm going to cover them and This is one of the reasons why I I tend to not be sponsored by other parties other than myself or my own uh, websites, because people say that, well, they want to have their own talking points. Well, if your talking point seems misleading, I'm not gonna say it. And that's why I don't have Lolly. That's why I don't have Phil. That's why I don't have these companies who claim free things when they're not free, because I will not hesitate to tell them that talking point is a lie. I can actually get in trouble for saying it. And so, again, if you want me to go ahead you on outro sponsor you want to sponsor an outro please hit me up here on twitter i'm at radioactive 3 d or on rebuzz i'm at ddd